chapter 6. We're going to look at the Word of God tonight. We'll jump right into the message here. Daniel chapter number 6. Some of you already know where, what passage of Scripture we're going at. It's a very familiar story. But it's amazing to me how we can go to a story like this, and yet we can see what God has for us, and we can, we can hear something new that God wants to teach us, even from this passage. Daniel chapter 6. Got a height adjust here. Okay. Daniel chapter 6. And once you get there, look down at verse 10. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. It's okay. You can admit it takes a long time to get to Daniel sometimes. Sometimes you get stuck in Ezekiel and Jeremiah. But just keep going until you get all the way to Daniel chapter 6 and look at verse 10 once you get there. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed... He went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. I want in particular look in this verse at a simple phrase there found about the middle of the verse, his windows being opened in his chamber, and then the last phrase there in verse 10, as he did aforetime. Let, let's pray tonight, and let's, let's think about... How this man, what a testimony he had, and he was able to live a life, if you can say it, live a life where his windows were open, and everyone saw who he worshipped. Let, let's, let's pray tonight. Dear Lord, I pray tonight as we open your words that your, that your spirit would help us, and help us to n- learn something tonight, help us to just point out an area in our life where we need to be a better testimony for you. I pray that you'd point out something in our lives and, and teach us tonight. Help us not just to hear your word, but to do your word as we apply it and make it part of our lives as we grow, as we become more more and more like you. And Lord, I pray that this week that you would truly shine a light through our hearts, that the kids, that the teenagers, that everyone, even the workers that come here might see that we're serving you and they might understand what is the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. In Daniel, I guess you could say it didn't take long. To realize that Daniel was not just an ordinary person. Daniel stood up for what's right. Daniel, I mean, we start out the story of Daniel. Daniel chapter 1, the Bible tells us that Nebuchadnezzar came down and he took some of the best, best young people. The ones that were smart. The ones that looked good. The ones that would probably be the leadership as they began to grow up. And he took them, especially took them to Babylon. And there he took them to his, his palace. And there he was going to train them. There he was going to use them, and I believe he was going to use them as a very um, kind of a sub-leadership over Israel so that it might be better for them to be in the culture there. And he wouldn't have to worry so much about the Jews making a ruckus and, and trying to you know, do whatever and, and do a rebellion or whatever. But he was going to take these men. He was going to especially train them. He was going to especially bring them and, and give them the, the best of this and the best of that. And he was going to teach them about their gods. And they were going to be that sub-leadership over, over uh, the, the Jews there. But Daniel all of a sudden ran right from the front. He ran into a problem because the meat and the, and the drink that the king set before them, he couldn't eat. Because God had said that the Jews weren't supposed to eat in a certain, a certain thing to eat for meat there and a certain drink. And he wasn't supposed to eat those things. I don't know if Nebuchadnezzar did this on purpose. He, he could have. He could have said, you know, the Jews aren't supposed to eat this. Let's see if they'll be willing to do this. But I, I don't think he did. I think it was more out of ignorance that he set these things before them 
And all the Jews, they, they, they ate those things. Except for Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, think of it for a second. He has all the excuse in the world to eat this food. Okay, this was not bad food. This was, this was good food. This was the king's food. But yet, it wasn't what God had them to eat. But he had all the excuses in the world to eat it. I mean, he was far away from Israel. He was not with his parents anymore. He was just a young man. He, he, he was taken captive. And yet they put food before him. And he says, I can't eat this. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but if I'm taken captive and somebody gives me something to eat, I'm going to probably eat it, okay? Because I don't know when the next mealtime is coming. But yet he doesn't do that. He has every excuse in the world to just eat this. And God will forgive him, right? Well, he decides it's more important to serve God. The Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. And so he, he made that purpose. And he even requested, he said, can I, can I eat something else? And the, the Lord worked that out so he, he could eat even just the plainest thing, vegetables and water. And yet he lived on vegetables and water for all that time. He was ten times smarter than everybody else because God blessed him for his decision to serve God. But now in this passage, Daniel's much older. Daniel has gone through the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. He's gone through the kingdom of Belshazzar. And there might even have been another king in there that the Bible doesn't record for us. It kind of gives a break there. So we don't know. Maybe there was a king between those two. But this is at least the third king he has served under, King Darius. And Darius has come in. He, he's a, he's a, the Bible says that he's the, the Median there. He, he's of the country of Mede. And the Medes and the Persians came and conquered them. And so he was the, he was the king there. And he decided he was going to set up rulers. And these rulers were going to lead this kingdom, and right away he sees something about Daniel. Let me, let me say there's three things that we want to look at tonight. Why Daniel was able to be such a testimony for God that he lived with his windows open and everybody saw that he worshipped God. Everybody saw that. Let's look at the first thing here as we look down at verse 1. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom... And 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. The first thing I want us to look at tonight about his testimony was what's mentioned in verse 3, that an excellent spirit was found in him. His spirit was one of the things that enabled him to have such a wonderful testimony. Now, when it talks about the spirit here, um, I, don't, I don't believe it's talking about the Holy Spirit. That's what most of the time the scripture is talking about when it talks about that. I think it's talking about the outward demeanor, the attitude, the way that people interact with people, the just outward presence about them and he had an excellent spirit it's mentioned again an excellent spirit it's mentioned in daniel again it's mentioned another time where he was noticed to have an excellent spirit but it's also mentioned in, in proverbs chapter 17 verse 27 it says he that hath knowledge spareth his words and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit the idea that the guy who doesn't have to say his whole mind 
the guy who is just simply there. And I, I believe that that's talking about an attitude of humility. He didn't have to say everything that came to his mind. He was humble. And he was a listener. He was somebody like that. And the Bible says that he that hath knowledge spareth his words. And a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. We know that Daniel was wise. And we know that he was humble. And we know that there was a presence about them that the king loved. And it wasn't just Darius that loved it. It was Nebuchadnezzar that loved it. It set him apart. I'd say if you know a person with an excellent spirit, he's coming to your mind right now. Or she's coming to your mind right now. That person who just you just love to be around because they're such an encouragement. They lift you up. They, they bring you to, to grow more in Christ. And this was, this was Daniel. He had an idea of humility, an idea of, of cheerfulness. And that was his spirit, his outward demeanor. Let me tell you that this is one of the things that I'm seeing more and more in Christians. And I see it in kids. I see it in teenagers. I see it in adults everywhere. Is this idea that we don't have to rule. We don't have to control our spirit. That whatever comes in our mind gets to be spoken. Whatever attitude that is felt gets to be shown. The idea that we can get angry with anybody... We'll get frustrated. There's excuses for that. The idea that we don't have to control our spirit. Well, the Bible says something completely different. The Bible says two things about the spirit, and we'll find those in Proverbs. But I want us to look at these two things, that the spirit, first of all, shows what is deeper. The spirit shows what's deeper, and it also can protect or can run vulnerable. Let's turn to Proverbs. We'll be coming back to Daniel, so hold your place there. But turn to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. Once you found that, look at verse 27. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Let's read that again. The spirit, of, the spirit of man is a candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Okay, I believe the idea there, and we don't have a lot of context for that verse. Proverbs is just kind of lays it out there, boom, this is how it is. Okay, and we can take instruction from that. But the spirit of man, the idea that it shows what is deeper, it searches out his desires. It searches, and I believe that's what it's talking about, by, by the inward parts of the belly, because that's where our desires are, right? When we eat, okay, it's our desires, okay? So the inward parts of the belly, the idea that, God's, that God has given man the spirit, the attitudes, and the attitudes, the outward demeanor, shows what's deeper. It shows problems that are deeper many times, and sometimes it shows it shows that there's an excellent spirit there, and that was with Daniel. But he had an excellent spirit. Um, let's look at another passage. You turn over a couple more chapters to Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs 25, and look at verse 28 once you get there. So a couple pages over. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 28. The, the spirit shows what's deeper, and then it can protect or can render us vulnerable to attack. Proverbs chapter 25. Verse 28. He that hath no rule over his spirit 
his own spirit, is like a city that is broken down and without walls. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. The idea, and I, I see this so much, but the person that doesn't control their spirit. There's another verse that talks very along the similar lines. says that, that the person that is mighty, he is more mighty than he that even taketh a city. The person that can rule his own spirit. But here in this passage, it says, it says the opposite, that he hath that no rule over his spirit. It's like a city that's broken down without walls. The idea that they can't control what comes out of their mouth. They can't control their attitude, or they choose not to. Now let me ask you, a city that is broken down, a city that is without walls, that is a city that is either defeated or on the very verge of being defeated, being destroyed. It's already beginning to feel the effects. Do I need to remind us tonight, and Scripture does again and again, that we are in a warfare we are in a warfare. And this week, even as Pastor mentioned in his prayer earlier, but even this week, Satan's going to be fighting to see if he can destroy what's, what's happening here. He does not want people coming to Christ and asking them to be a Savior. And he does not want us sharing that. And if he cannot keep us from coming and getting saved, then he's going to try to destroy our testimony so that others won't listen to us and others won't come to God and others won't serve God. Isn't that what he does? And what way is better for him to do that than by a person who doesn't control what's coming out of his mouth, their attitude, their spirit? He that hath no rule over his spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls, on the very verge of being defeated by Satan. And he'll use that. He'll use that to turn people away from the gospel. And he does use that. I forget who it was, and maybe Pastor knows this, but there's a, there's a famous quote that simply says this. It's from a person who did not believe in God. He said, I would be a Christian if it wasn't for Christians. Gandhi, okay? I would be a Christian if it wasn't for Christians. That kind of stuck with me, and I didn't even remember who, who had said it. But the idea that there's, there's Christians out there that are destroying the testimony of Christ and are turning people away from Jesus Christ. Let's, let's not let that be us. But it can be if we have no rule over our spirit. Daniel was not like that. Daniel had the very opposite. Daniel's spirit protected him and kept him doing what's right. Daniel's spirit pointed him out as this was a man who served God. And the king knew that, and everybody that was around it knew that Daniel was a man that served God. And they knew that because he had an excellent spirit. Let's look at the second thing. We've looked at his spirit. Let's look a little further. Turn back to Daniel chapter 6. And we'll pick up where we left off at verse 4. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 4. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Verse 5, Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Alright? So, these presidents, these princes, they get jealous of Daniel. 
They don't want him being the, the head man. Okay? Not just because you have an excellent spirit doesn't mean everybody's going to like you. Daniel had an excellent spirit, but not everybody liked him. Not everybody appreciated what he did because he had more power than they did. They didn't like that. So they sought to find something that they could accuse him with that could get him in trouble with the king. They could get him in trouble with the other everybody else and so that he would be taken out of power, maybe even um, removed completely out of the picture, executed or something. You know, they were going to get him in trouble. And so they looked at his life to find something that they could accuse him of. Okay? I don't know that if this happens to you, but my imagination a lot of times works in kind of like a car- cartoon format. Okay? If it doesn't, then, then don't be too ashamed of it if, if it does work that way. But basically, when I see this, I, I, I kind of get into the, the, the picture here, and I see these presidents and they, the princes, and they come together and say, okay, we're going to find something wrong with Daniel. We're going to find something wrong with Daniel. Okay? You each have your ideas. Go get them. Okay? Just whatever you can find. And so well, one, of, one of the princes, one of the princes, he, he gets this idea that he is going to go and he's going to find something wrong in Daniel's life. He's going to find something. So he goes, and of course, as all the cartoons go, he's going to go over and he's going to get a bush. And he's going to hide in the bush. And so there he is hiding in the bush as Daniel walks by. And Daniel walks by and the bush kind of moves a little bit. Okay, you've seen that before. All right, so the bush kind of moves a little bit. Daniel looks back. Uh, I don't know what that was. And then he walks along, and the bush keeps following him, okay? Leaving leaves strewn everywhere. Not a very good hiding spot, but yet they still use it for some reason. So he he goes and he follows Daniel, and guess where he goes? He goes to his house, and he goes and he worships God. And there the bush is, sitting outside, getting some kind of allergy from whatever is in the bush. And all for nothing, because he can't find something wrong with Daniel. Because Daniel lived a life... And I forgot to mention the second point, but it was not only his spirit, but it was his honesty. The idea that he lived his life in a way that anybody could see how he lived his life, and they know he was doing what he said he was. The idea of the openness of his life, his honesty, and that expressed itself in his life. And so the the Bush guy, we'll call him Prince Bushy, okay? And so Prince Bushy didn't find anything. Except he just got some pretty bad allergies. And so next, there, w- there was another prince who, who decided, you know what, I'm, I, I'm, my house is really close to his. So I'm going to build one of those big old telescopes, okay? You've seen those in the cartoons. kind of curls out the window and curves down and looks, and, and it's really big. It shows everything that's going on in Daniel's house. And guess what he sees in Daniel's house? He sees him serving God. And he sees him praying. Ah, oh, man. There we go again. And so then these other princes are just like, you guys are taking the mild approach. And I'm going to call them the SWAT team princes because they decided they were going to break into his house. They were going to find something in his house. So here they go. They're going to bust down the door. And then they realize his window's open. But it's too late. They've already busted down the door. So they bust down the door. They go inside. They, they look at everything. And then they get to it. They get to his closet. His closet. Open it up. And there's no skeleton. They can't find the skeleton in his closet. They, they throw everything everywhere, and, and Daniel comes home, and he finds his house a mess. But still, they don't have anything to accuse Daniel of. Whatever they do, 
And they get back, and they're pretty upset. They get back, and they say, you know what? I looked, and I watched him, and I couldn't find anything wrong. In fact, all I could find was that he was faithful to God, that he was faithful to the king, and this guy just disgusts me. I just can't find anything wrong. And while they're talking there, of course, the one guy looks over at, at Prince Bushy, and he says, why is there a leaf in your hair? And then, so he, you know, he just says, oh, never mind. And so they, they go on, but they can't find anything. So they decide this, that they are going to find something that he did for God, and they were going to make that illegal so that they could get him to disobey the law because they know that he's faithful to God. That was evident in his life. Everyone around him knew who he was faithful to. He was faithful to the king, but more importantly, he was faithful to God. And he would not break the laws of his God for anything. He just lived a life of faithfulness. And let me say, he lived a life of blamelessness. This is all related to his honesty. That he was simply faithful to serve God and he was blameless. Isn't that what we've been called to? To be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverted, uh, perverse nation. Okay, in the midst of all this, we're called to be blameless. Okay, they couldn't find anything to accuse Daniel of. And it's not that they couldn't find anything to accuse him, to make something up. But it's that nothing would stick. That's the idea of blameless. That they could throw all kinds of accusations at the king, and the king would say, what are you talking about? This isn't the Daniel I know about. Because it couldn't stick. His accusations, they didn't even bring an accusation. They didn't even make something up because it wouldn't stick. And they knew that it wouldn't work because Daniel was blameless and Daniel was faithful to God. But let's look at the third thing real quickly now. Not only his spirit, not only his honesty, but now we see his courage. The Bible says that when Daniel knows, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees and he prayed as he, as he did aforetime. Now, let me ask you, this, this decree, okay, Daniel knew about this decree. He was a faithful, he was over, over uh, the, big, the big president, and he knew what was going on. He knew that the writing was signed. The writing was for 30 days, 30 days. No one could bring a request to God or man for 30 days. 30 days, that's not too long. That's about a month, okay? Could Daniel have gone a month without praying to God? Oh, no. I... I know Christians who do. I'm not talking about just not stopping before we eat and praying something like rub dub dub, God bless the grub, okay? I've prayed that before, okay? But something that is a special time between you and God, where you get serious with God and you pour out your heart before God. There are Christians that don't do that hardly at all. And they're not under persecution. Daniel was not going to miss that opportunity. To have a time with God. But why, why didn't he just go in, in, in his closet and, and go and pray in his closet and just, just pray there and nobody would have seen. Maybe after he went to bed, just pull the covers over his head and have that time with God there by himself. Would that be wrong? Why, why couldn't he do that? Why couldn't he at least have closed his windows so the people outside could not see him praying to God. Why well, couldn't he have at least done that? Because Daniel was more concerned 
about what God thought than what everybody else thought. Than whatever punishment everybody else could bring on him. He was more concerned about what God thought. And he was afraid that God would see him there and just kind of, Daniel, are you ashamed of me? Daniel, you've come and you've prayed like this before. Why have you stopped now? He wasn't going to face any disappointment, any disappointment from God. He'd rather face the punishment of death than that. Let me ask you, do we think more about what God thinks than what those around us think? Say, of course we do. Of course we do. But do we? Do we live our life in a certain way so the people around us are pleased? Do we live our lives in a certain way that God is pleased? Do we put on some kind of outward show? How's our honesty? How's our spirit? How's our courage to stand up for the things of God? How are those things tonight? The Bible says that even though they threw Daniel in the lion's den, God spared him. And he did it, it even says in the word of God, because Daniel believed in his God. He knew that his God was more powerful than those around him. Let me tell you, that's the key to courage. That's the key to be able to stand up for a testimony for God. What a testimony Daniel was. Everybody walking by could see Daniel serving God, praying like he did aforetime, worshiping God. Everybody knew who he worshipped. Everybody knew who he served. Everybody knew that his life reflected that. And that he was going to stand up in courage. And he was going to defend that. And he was going to stand up for God no matter what those around him thought. His life is such a testimony. That's the key to courage. Is to believe in God. And Daniel had that down. Daniel had a rule over his spirit. He had an excellent spirit. That should be our lives if we're going to be a testimony this, this week, our theme for the week is, is, is shine the light. The idea that we need to be sharing the gospel. We need to be shining as testimonies for God. And Daniel most definitely did that. He was what a testimony he was for God. And he did that because it started with his spirit. And the way he treated people, the way his attitude was, moved into his life, his whole life, just simply being open and doing what he said he did. And then... He had the courage to stand beside God and to defend the things of God. And he did that. And what an example it is for us tonight. I pray that we just simply take those three things. We look in our heart and the Holy Spirit will convict us of the areas that we fail. Him. The areas that we need to work on. The areas that are a challenge to us. Let's be servants of God. Let's live our lives in the way that our windows can be opened. Now, I'm not talking about going over to the window, opening up, praying really loud, Lord, help my neighbor Bill. He's really weird. I just pray you'd help him do it. No, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about simply living our lives in a way that everybody can see who we worship. And they can see that in our whole lives. Live with your windows open tonight. Let's bow for a word of prayer. If the Holy Spirit has convicted you of something in your life tonight, I pray that you get that right with Him. 
that you just simply make the decision that you're going to be a testimony for God. And this week is no difference. This week is a great opportunity we have to reach this neighborhood for him, to reach so many kids' lives. And I pray we'd take advantage of that today, tonight. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that tonight your word would do a work in our hearts. Not just a work in our minds, not we just would understand what you want us to do, but that it move deeper, that it become a part of our lives, that our hearts would be involved, that we decide from our hearts that we're going to serve you, that we're going to be a testimony for you. Lord, I pray that we would never be the Christian that would turn others away from being a Christian. Lord, I pray that we would be the one, like Daniel was, that everybody knew we served God. And what a testimony for that. Lord, I pray that we'd be that testimony this week. I pray that we'd shine the light in this neighborhood. In Jesus' name, amen.